Well, in our current series, we are being challenged to develop a deeper trust in Scripture. Now, people are looking for someone to follow, whether it be an athlete, an actor, a musician, a spiritual leader. They're looking for a role model and someone to, that they admire. Now, have you ever been a role model? Yeah, maybe that's kind of awkward to put your hand up. Okay. Have you ever felt like you could do something for someone that was kind of like a real desire for them, a dream for them, and you're able to say, yeah, I'm coming through. I'm going to help you out. Okay, I'm going to share a story. This is kind of a funny story, just to open up the service this morning. Well, when I was in high school, I had a friend who every time I would sing would say to me, Rhonda, when I get married, I want you to sing at my wedding. It's my dream that you would sing at my wedding. So this happened from grade nine to grade 12. She would tell me that every time I sang, that it would be her dream for me to sing at her wedding. So a couple of years later, I'm in university. I get a call. She's engaged. And what does she say? It's my dream that you sing at my wedding. So I'm actually looking at the calendar and want to book a time that you're going to be in town and I book my wedding around you being there. I'm like, what? Whoa, this is amazing. So we book the date. She's all ready. She picks the song. I order the song and I get my cassette tape soundtrack. Does that date me or what? Okay. My cassette tape, and on the front of the cassette tape has the lyrics. You know when you pull out the front cover and it's got all the lyrics that you need a magnifying glass to read? Well, that's what I had. So I'm practicing for a couple months this song. I'm making this dream come true. I am so excited. The rehearsal happens. I show up. I mean, we're crying. This has been six years in the making. This dream is happening. The rehearsal goes wonderful, and we're just so excited for the next day. She's getting married. I'm ready. This dream is happening. The song is ready. Here we go. Go time. I show up at the wedding. The moment happens. I walk up on stage. And just so you know, in those days, we didn't have back walls with words. They were all right here in your mind. So I was ready. I pick up the microphone. And as soon as I began to open my mouth, every single lyric of that song disappeared. I mean, okay, it gets worse, okay? Every song lyric disappeared. And not only that, I completely forgot the melody. So for the next four minutes, I stood on a stage and made up every single lyric and melody on the spot. Okay, you got to feel my pain. I was panicking. I was literally saying, Jesus, rapture me now. I'm ready to go home right now. Now is a good time if you take me home or open up the ground and swallow me up. I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. Well, after I sang those four minutes of I don't know what, and thank goodness that wasn't videoed. Oh, thank goodness. I literally walked off the stage, walked down the aisle, walked out the back door, walked into my car, and drove all the way home crying. Just bawled my ass out. Well, that's a story I really did not come through. Would you admit that? That was a terrible moment in my singing history. However, people in our world are looking for heroes, and heroes are in high demand. Now, as we unpack the topic today, we've been working through a series of questions. In our first week, we asked the question, what is the Bible? The second week, we asked, what is the Bible about? And today, the question is, who is the hero of the Bible? Well, let's shout that out today. Who's the hero of the Bible? Yes, Jesus is the hero of the Bible. Now, we're not just going to impact that he is the hero of the Bible, but why? Now, 
What is a hero? If you Google what is a hero, you are going to find a list of qualities, characteristics, values, and ideals that make up the character of a hero. And you'll find the usual suspects. <clears throat> you'll read about courage, humility, patience, and strength. Yet no matter what link you click on, whether they differ, even though there'll be differences, you'll see a common thread. And this is the thread that heroes place others before themselves. Heroes place others before themselves. Now the Bible is packed with plenty of stories of heroes and their heroic moments where they placed others before themselves. The Bible is also filled with tons of stories of those that did not and were cowards and fell really, really short. Now, for example, in the Bible, Moses was a hero. He was used mightily by God to free the Israelites, in the, the Israelites from the ruthless oppressors and to bring them from slavery into the promised land. But when Moses became angry, he did not obey God and acted out on his own. Samson was a hero and was used by God to save the Israelites as well from oppressors who ruled over them. But when Samson decided that he was going to follow his own desires, he lived the life he wanted instead of living a life to honor God. Elijah was a hero, and he was used mightily by God to prove to multitudes that God was the real God. But when Elijah found himself all alone, he ran away afraid, hid in a cave. Even though he knew God was the real God, he had trouble trusting God for himself. David was a hero and used mightily of God when he courageously faced the giant of Goliath. But David fell facing his own internal giant of lust when he committed adultery and murder. Esther was a hero and was used mightily of God when she stepped into her destined moment and requested deliverance for her people from the king, even risking her own life. But Esther lacked confidence in God and instead drew the courage and strength needed from her uncle Mordecai. All of these stories have heroic moments, heroic moments of people placing others before themselves. However, they were all pointing to one, the greatest hero of all, Jesus. Jesus elevates heroism to this singular definition that only he can fulfill and fulfill perfectly and completely. Jesus does not only place others before himself, he takes our place all together. Jesus takes our place all together. For God is holy, so too we must be holy and pure to approach him. Pure meaning untouched by sin. And because to approach him, unclean means death. Jesus, who was pure, untouched by sin, became sin. He became it and he took our place so that we might be restored to God. Isn't that good news today? That he took our place, that we're restored to God? Yeah, put our hands together. I need to get you a bit more active today. I love that. <clears throat> name any other name in the Bible. And while inspiring, amazing, and incredible, each was not qualified to take our place for a singular reason. When humanity exchanged God for another, sin entered our story. 
The tree of the knowledge of good and evil allowed Adam and Eve to exercise their free will. And every time they walked by the tree and chose not to eat, they were giving back to God. In those moments, they could say, God, I love you. God, I trust you. Until they didn't. From this moment, we see sin physical and spiritual death and creation under a curse. Humanity has a sinful nature and each has a broken relationship with God. And this isn't just their story, a two-way story. It is in all of our biographies. However, God promised a hero, a wounded hero. We read about this in Genesis 3:15. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between her offspring and your between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now on the cross, the heel of Jesus was bruised, but the serpent's head took a fatal blow. And I want to unpack this just for a moment. Jesus took on humanity. He willingly brought himself near to Satan's domain so Satan could strike him. The heel is the part within the serpent's reach. Now in this scripture we just read in Genesis, God prophesies the virgin birth, the seed, the offspring of the woman, and he prophesies the doom of Satan. And this scripture reveals the real battle. God announced that Satan would wound Jesus, the Messiah. You shall bruise his heel. But Jesus would crush Satan with a mortal wound. He crushed the snake. He shall bruise your head. It was as if God could not wait to announce his plan of salvation and redemption to bring deliverance. Oh, how God, our Father, loves us. Genesis 3.15 has been called the first gospel. Spurgeon quotes, This is the first gospel sermon that was ever delivered upon the face of the earth. With Father God himself as the preacher and the human race and the prince of darkness for the audience. God knew what he was doing all along. God's plan wasn't defeated when Adam and Eve sinned because God's plan was to redeem man. And this is why the disciples, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, knowing the fullness of Scripture, say, This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name. Say, no other name. No other name. Under heaven, given among men, by which we must be saved. Acts 4, 11 to 12. For Jesus is the perfect hero. Let's take it even from the Ten Commandments. Jesus had no other gods, made no idol out of any created thing. Jesus never misused the name of the Lord. He kept the Sabbath holy even though he was misunderstood. Jesus honored his father and mother. He did not commit murder, never committed adultery. Jesus never stole, never gave false testimony, nor did he ever covet. Psalm 2.8 tells us that Jesus was a king and a son. Psalm 15 shows us that he walked blamelessly and did what was right. Psalm 51 declares that he makes our heart clean and restores the joy of our salvation. Psalm 1611 says Jesus is the ultimate manifestation of the presence of God. 
And Psalm 14 lists the ways we long for Jesus. In the New Testament, we see Jesus fulfill them all. Like Israel, we long for salvation, redemption, justice, purity, God's presence, his unity and wisdom. And what we're actually longing for is Jesus. The Old Testament pointed to him. The Gospels, they speak of him. Acts talks about what Jesus did through the Holy Spirit that he sent after he ascended to heaven. All the letters and epistles bring together the doctrine of his teaching and Revelation talks about his coming. Unlike anyone else, Jesus is the singular, unmatched, qualified hero of the Bible. So, where do you and I need insight into where we are making the story about us instead of God? Now, too many of us as his followers absorb rather than deflect the glory towards God. Jesus said we are both salt and light, but see carefully how we are to shine in this world. I'm going to encourage you to read this with me from Matthews 5, 14 to 16. Let's say this out loud. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now a lamp is hindered when covered by a basket. We can simultaneously be in Christ and we can cover the work of Christ and what he is doing in our lives. And when we cover the work of Christ, it has a profound effect on others being able to see the story of God working in and through our lives. The other side can also be true. People can see your good works, but we can absorb it and make it all about us rather than deflect, which is to testify, share, and give glory towards God. And it will also rob people of seeing God's story in our story. Now, this isn't easy, but each of us have to situationally figure out as we listen and are led by the Holy Spirit how to position and how to elevate Jesus as a hero of each of our stories. And sometimes this means not covering when he's at work, and other times this means to take a step actively to share with our mouths, yes, to verbally share and to boldly confess that he is the why behind what we are doing. So what is the danger of making ourselves the hero of our own stories? Well, None of us are strong enough to be for others what only Jesus can fulfill. And let's be truthful. None of us are strong enough to be for ourselves what only Jesus can fulfill. Like each other name in scripture or throughout history, in us is beauty and brokenness, sinner and saint, flesh and spirit. While each of our life paths, circumstances, and events differ in our lives, following and living the way of Jesus is the call to see on earth as it is in heaven. Our purpose is first the who before it is the what. You follow Jesus 
Hear me, beloved church, you follow Jesus. Each of you decide to follow Jesus and you will time and time over again begin to figure out how your life uniquely points others to Jesus. And this is you placing others before yourself. It is honoring to look at how Jesus lived and that we get to follow his example. What a deep honor. Jesus has taken our place because Jesus is enough and Jesus will always be enough. For as we trust scripture, we must trust the Bible, the authoritative word of God. However, it starts with just trusting the who, and that is Jesus. For he is the hero working in and through our lives. Now, when one of my daughters were young, she loved a spy kit. And we ordered her many spy kits through the years. But her favorite piece of the spy kit was the invisible pen. And how this pen would work is that you would take this pen and you would write on a page and it would be invisible until you took the page to the dark, shone the light on it, and the invisible would become visible. Beloved family, God has always been writing on the story of your life. Perhaps you did not know him for many years, so all that writing was invisible to you at the time, but now it's revealed. But you can give thanks that he was always writing. Perhaps today you're watching online or you've walked through these doors and you do not know the Jesus that we are talking about. I want you to know Jesus is writing his story on your life. Perhaps there were seasons of your life that were so dark and so difficult, you find it impossible to believe and to see the writing of God in the midst of those very broken and devastating seasons and moments. The invisible hand of God was and is always writing over our stories in this lost and broken world. God is always writing. These are the stories that we could tell ourselves, that we are alone. We can also tell ourselves that we can never be forgiven. And we can also tell ourselves that we are rejected and abandoned. However, God, the story of God writes over our lives that we are loved, that we are accepted, that he will always love us and he has forgiven us. He is writing a story of hope, of grace, of acceptance, of belonging, a story of peace, of healing, of trust, of redemption, salvation, and love. And even as we look at the Bible, the Old Testament concealed it, but Jesus is revealed, and he was revealed in the New Testament. God has been working and writing on the pages of your life. And we see this again, what I just said, you are not alone. You may be telling yourself today that no one loves you, that you can't forgive yourself for what's happened. I want you to know that God will never leave you or forsake you. These are the invisible words that God is writing over your story. Each letter, each word, each line, each page and character your story has an invisible story written over it. And today, ask the Holy Spirit to turn on the light 
to turn on the light of Scripture to see the writing of God that reveals His redemption and passionate love for you. Ask the Spirit to turn on the light to see Jesus as the hero working in and through your life. As you turn on the light, you will see His story written all over yours. He wants to reveal this to you for you to receive today. Matthew 14, 16 says, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. Now I want to take a pause here today. As you've been so gracious to listen to me. I want you all to close your eyes. If you give me permission to ask you to do that, as you close your eyes as Carrie's playing the piano. You just saw some words come up on the screen and the example of an invisible pen. I want you to think of a circumstance in your past. I want you to think of a circumstance perhaps that you're facing now that you need to see the writing of God over that circumstance. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what His writing is. Let's take a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate that to you right now. some of you may see a word you may hear a scripture it might be a phrase but see that invisible pen that's now become visible to you the hand of God on your life and a practical step that we can take with that is find a scripture if you saw I love you find a scripture about the love of God for you and personalize it this is how simple and practical it is to take the scripture and to learn to trust God by aligning our circumstance to his story our lives to the bigger story the greatest story and I encourage you to tell someone of that today that's called accountability saying listen this is what I'm going through or this is a circumstance I have found really difficult to think about or to work through this is the word God gave me would you pray with me would you acknowledge that with me that that is the story we're gonna believe for that this is God taking his word and showing you that his story is truth his love and acceptance and belonging of you is truth. He is our hero. And Jesus is the word. So when we trust him at his word, trust the scripture, we are trusting the person of Jesus. For it says in John 1:14 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only son from the father, full of grace and full of truth. God has given us his word.
which is the main story that he has written that we are invited to and to be revealed in every circumstance. And as we face our issues and our struggles, and as we refuse the lies of the enemy and choose to believe the truth and put our trust in God's word, we will build a greater trust in scripture because we are building a greater trust in God. And that will go deeper with every circumstance you trust. You'll go deeper in the next circumstance you trust him. You'll go deeper in your love and rootedness in his love and grace over your life. And this is the heart of God that we would trust him and know him and love him no matter what. Louis Giglio wrote the following concerning the Bible as we trace Jesus through each and every turn. Every story has a problem. The problem for humanity is sin. This is a story of revolt. Every story has participants, those who are going to be impacted by the unfolding drama. This is a story of people. Every story has a hero. His name is Jesus. This is a story of a savior. Every story has an effect. This is a story of the church. And every story has a resolution. This is a story of eternal forever. I love that. Now, how fitting it is that Jesus is weaved through the entire Bible as our hero from Genesis to Revelation. He is God's favorite subject. The Bible, every single page, all 66 books written by around 40 different authors over the span of approximately 1,500 years has consistently told one story, the story of our hero, Jesus, his story. It's all about him, and it always will be all about him. For in Genesis, Jesus is a seed of the woman. In Exodus, he is a Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is our high priest. In Numbers, he is a cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, Jesus is a prophet like Moses. And in Joshua, he is the commander of the Lord's army. In Judges, he is our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he is our kingsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is the seed of David. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he is the rebuilder of the broken down walls. And in Nehemiah, he is our restorer. In Esther, he is our advocate. And in Job, he is our ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, he is our shepherd. In Proverbs, he is our wisdom. In Ecclesiastes, he is the meaning of life. In Song of Songs, he is our loving bridegroom. And in Isaiah, Jesus is the suffering servant and prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he is a righteous wrong. In Lamentations, he is our weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the one with the right to rule. In Daniel, he is the fourth man in the fiery furnace. And Hosea, he is a faithful husband, forever married to the saints. In Joel, he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire. And in Amos, he is a restorer of justice and the burden bearer. In Obadiah, he is mighty to save. And in Jonah, he is our great foreign missionary. In Micah, he is the feet of the one who brings good news. In Nahum, he is our stronghold in the day of trouble. In Habakkuk, he is God, our savior and our watchman. In Zephaniah, he is the king of Israel. And in Haggai, he is our restorer. In 
Zechariah, he is our humble king riding on a colt. And in Malachi, Jesus is a son of righteousness. In Matthew, Jesus is God with us, our Messiah. In Mark, he is a servant and miracle worker. And in Luke, he is the baby in the manger in the Son of Man. In John, he is the Son of God. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. In Acts, he is the Savior of the world. In Romans, he is the righteousness of God. In 1 Corinthians, he is the resurrection. 2 Corinthians, he is the God of all comfort. In Galatians, he is our liberty and he sets us free. In Ephesians, he is the head of the church. In Philippians, he is our joy. In Colossians, he makes us complete. In 1 and 2 Thessalonians, he is our hope. 1 Timothy, he is our faith. 2 Timothy, our stability. And in Titus, he is truth. In Philemon, he is our benefactor. In Hebrews, Jesus is our perfection. In James, he is the power behind our faith. And in 1 Peter, he is our chief shepherd. In 2 Peter, Jesus is our purity and chief cornerstone. In 1 John, Jesus is everlasting life. In 2 John, he is our pattern. 3 John, he is our motivation. Jude, he is a foundation of our faith. And in Revelation, he is a king of kings and the Lord of lords, and he is coming back again. Come on. Woo! Amen. This is our hero. This is about his story, his name, his great name. And I want us to say today, Jesus, say Jesus. There is no other name. Amen. Jesus.